Elections for Hastings Borough Council happened on May the 6th. So we've been taking the opportunity to have a chat with local politicians to find out what their aims, aspirations and vision for the future of our town actually are. We're talking to Andy Patmore, the newly appointed leader of the Conservative Group in the Council. We're talking to Bob Lloyd from the Liberal Democrats and we're talking to Julia Hilton from the Green Party. Disappointingly, Councillor Kim Forward, who leads the Labour Group in Hastings Borough Council and indeed leads the Council overall, refused to take part in this series of interviews. So, let's hear from Julia Hilton. My name's Stuart Bailey, and this is Hastings in Focus. Joined this afternoon by Julia Hilton, who's the Green Party's candidate in Old Hastings Ward. Um, Julia, for we local politics watchers... This is a really interesting contest. You came just a tantalising 29 votes short of winning it in 2018. Can yeah. you do it this time? The noises on the doorstep are, are good. I think I think a lot of people um, last time thought, oh, well, you know, I would like to vote Green, but, you know, you'll never win. And so now we have the results from that election. We can say, well, actually, if you'd followed your conviction, you would now have a Green a green councillor because we came so close we think we stand a good chance uh, we're getting a very good reception i think people understand that it would be good to have a different voice on the council to speak out and not have to toe the party line that's something that i think people really like the idea of and we've been working hard in that ward now for you know four or five years and been very active in campaigns and raising issues that otherwise wouldn't have got raised and so I think people respect that. So we can just, all we can do is campaign as hard as we can and hope that we can convince enough people that actually this time we really can, we really could do it if they just get out and vote green. Going back to, to 2018, you, you had Caroline Lucas, I think at that time was co-leader of the Green Party nationally. She came down to Hastings and said that to get the first Green Council would be what she describes a tremendous breakthrough. Um, it would mean more people having the courage of their convictions to vote Green in future because they can see that a Green vote isn't a wasted vote. So really, that's kind of what you're saying. I think everywhere you get a lot of, um, if you just look at the uh, places in the country that got Green councillors in last time where we had really good results in 2018, sadly not in Hastings, um, you get a lot of bang for your buck because you have to, to get elected as a Green, you have to work really hard because you don't have the backing of one of the big the two big main parties where in lots of places, you know, in Hastings, basically most of the wards labor or just walk it because that's what, that's what we've been for 10 years in other counties. It might be, you know, the Tories will just walk it. And so you have to be willing to do a lot of work. And so if you, when you do get elected, even, even one green, I'm not saying I will necessarily, but in other places can make a big difference because they can raise issues. We don't have to toe the party line. We can say, we have complete sort of local power. It's up to, up to the local party to decide what we do and what we campaign on. And so we can be the voice for the local community. And I think that's where people have elected Greens. Um, they see that difference. Your campaign literature, your, your, your campaign leaflet, for example, shows you out there at work in the town. You've been involved in events and, and things that have been happening across the town. It, you you, you You've done a lot of work in Old Hastings, but you've also done a lot of work further afield within the borough. Yeah, 
well, I'm a trustee of uh, the Hastings Greenway Trust because I'm a great believer in we need safe walking and cycling routes. And um, certainly this current last year, as people have really started to appreciate what we've got in Hastings in terms of uh, countryside and access to it, making those making that easier for people, I think is really key. And I'm also part of the uh, group that put in, we put in a bid for Hastings as a garden town to the town investment plan, which of course we weren't here till after the elections now, but um, that's going to be a really exciting project and is very closely related to the Greenways work. Yep. And then obviously there's the community energy uh, work being involved in getting solar panels on local schools and we hope to do more council buildings with just if we can sort out all the legal stuff that's always very complicated all those things yeah I try to be active where I can although I'm also very busy as a landscape architect so um, it's quite hard juggling it all sometimes. <clears throat> I can well imagine and you talking about you know, just some of those things you mentioned solar panels and council buildings things like that the, the, the Hastings Green Party was quite instrumental in the, the move that eventually saw Hastings by the Council uh, approve its climate emergency motion, which is now what, a couple of years ago. Um, mm. Been speaking to a number of people recently, obviously, as we move towards the election. And one of the themes that's coming through is that while HPC passed that motion, they, they've not done a great deal um, towards achieving its goals and towards moving towards that net zero by 2030. So I think it's been disappointing, um, the lack of action. I, I understand that the last year, obviously, the council's been very, like everyone, very preoccupied with COVID um, and making sure that um, everyone in the town can, can cope as best they can and providing assistance. And also, councils are quite limited in their in their powers and their fundraising capacity but I do think there's a real need to actually show leadership in this area and to bring together all the key stakeholders really because all you know we've got the local NHS foundation we have um, the housing associations the county council that all of those need to be working together to come up with a vision and for me it, the borough council I think should be leading on that and I haven't seen any evidence of them doing that. I think individually there are some good councillors working hard trying to do what they can but it doesn't feel like there's a very sort of joined up vision of how to do that and um, and I think a lot of councils are struggling you know they de declaring an emergency is one thing actually delivering delivering on that is is another and it does need leadership and funding from from central government as well. We have one of the most centralised uh, governments in Europe so it is I think it is hard but I do think they need to be showing leadership and an imagination you know there's lots of and talking more to community groups there's a huge amount of skill and knowledge and um, energy in Hastings and sometimes I think they, they seem to think of that as I don't know something separate from them that they have to do things their own way not in collaboration and I think there's huge opportunities with a bit of imagination to come up with other way you know better ways of working so we can all join in that really ambitious target you know that's only nine years away um so it's it's a daunting target and we need to be we can't keep putting it off to start making the kind of changes that are need, needed they will take quite a while to bed in and quite a while to, to come to fruition so it really is the sooner actions are taken the, yeah. better. yeah can you talk in your election literature and, and some of your campaign material about being not just a single 
issue council, if elected, you're not just there to discuss green issues, but to you know, look across the, the piste on, on all the issues that, that, that are facing the council. And I suppose that's putting a, a green tinge, if you like, on everything that the council does. Well, I think we all, I mean, it's not so much that, um, I think we're all realising now that being a being green is not a single issue. It's about actually understanding that we have to work within planetary limits in everything we do. And so actually that understanding has to underpin everything. So um, I'm a great believer in Kate Raworth's Donut Economics as a concept, which is about meeting everyone's needs within the planetary limits. And Cornwall County Council is now using that as their framework for all their decision making. We'll have to see if it's not just a tick box that they put at the bottom of all their documents, but whether they actually follow through on it. But um, I think that's what we need to be doing. So every policy that Hastings Council um, looks at or every commitment that they make, they have to be looking at it within that framework. That's what I would like to see us doing. And I think we all need to get into that habit. So whether you're building houses, um, looking at food poverty, uh, local food issues that people are getting more and more interested in, all those are all related to how we how we achieve that net carbon zero by 2030. So it actually underpins everything. One of the, the big plans that the Hastings Borough Council had was the, the solar farm on the country park, which just seemed a, a great contradiction in terms. Yes, we need that kind of solar power, but that was completely the wrong place in which to cite it for a whole host of reasons. Yes, yes, that was a that was a an interesting one because of course everyone thought, oh, Greens, you know, will definitely be in favour of, of solar power, and we got attacked for being against it. But um, we're in the middle of a biodiversity crisis as well as a climate crisis, and the country park is one of the gems of Hastings. That it's not there just to be a sort of resource for anyone to you you know because the council owns it for them to use as they wish. Um, it's a treasure that they need to look after. And luckily, eventually, they realised um, that, that it was the wrong place. I think probably um, if they looked at their own planning guidelines, which is what got quoted back at them by uh, Natural England, they could have saved themselves quite a lot of money <laughs> and not pursued it in the first place. But anyway, thankfully, they haven't gone ahead with it. And uh, it absolutely wasn't the place to, to put a solar farm. That sort of going against the um, advice of national agencies. You know, if we go across to the other end of the, the borough, we've got the current plan for 192 new houses at Bulverhithe, which you know, the, the environment agencies currently vehemently opposed to because it, it's a floodplain. And if you look at some projections for how sea levels are going to rise in the next 50 years, that would be you know, completely underwater by then. It does, on the face of it, seem completely just the wrong thing to be thinking about building there and and also the methods. I think there are, there's imaginative ways of building on flood sites, but they're not proposing to um, build houses on stilts like you might do in, I don't know, other parts of the world. And I know we need, we desperately need more housing, but it feels a bit like it's been led by the fact that the government had money for building in these you know making difficult sites buildable and it was like oh okay let's follow the money because they're so desperate like all councils for cash that perhaps there was a bit of let's get the money and then work out how we what we do with it later 
and now they're in a bit of a pickle with it. I know that they say that they're in conversation with the agency and that their figures are out of date and that they can prove that they can do stuff. But but given given what's going to be happening with sea levels, it does seem uh, a fairly mad place to be building. And requires quite a lot of concrete. It has huge amounts of concrete, which, again, going back to that um, carbon zero target, uh, using huge amounts of concrete isn't a particularly environmentally friendly way forward. No, and I think that's something that's not understood by quite a lot of, not just Hastings, but generally the fact that there's this huge push um, to build new houses. But there's a huge carbon footprint in new building, especially given at the moment there isn't, there are lots of experiments going on with how you can make concrete, you know, zero carbon, but not it's not in general use in the industry. And I think it's it's a huge issue that is not acknowledged. If we if we're going to be looking at one of the other aspects of building a zero carbon economy, is, well, is moving towards a circular economy, which means you need to be building zero carbon houses um, and focusing much more on refurbishment and reuse than new builds. Um, it is, but it's a big problem that I think a lot of people aren't really dealing with. Coming back to the election itself and, 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 the, and the campaign, I mean, the, the, the Green Party is, is actually out there uh, knocking on doors and, and, and speaking to people. What sort of feedback are you getting? What, what, what sort of messages are you getting for, from, from that work? Um, I think, on the whole, very positive. People are pleased to see Greens on the doorstep. A lot of people now at least know my name, even if they haven't spoken to me, because I've been campaigning there for quite a long time. So um, most people seem to have quite a lot of time and are thinking about, and as they, when they're told how close it was last time and um, that maybe it would be good to have an independent voice on the council, they're, they're saying, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and definitely, you know, consider it. So yeah, we, we're getting a good reception. I mean, that independent voice is, is, is quite a significant thing because really, and, and we had evidence of it at the, the full council meeting at Wednesday night, but there isn't really... Um, another voice putting forward alternative ideas. No, and I think that's a big problem for any council. You need collaboration and discussion. And I think the whole way the council, you know, the cabinet system, the full council meetings, it's not really set up for any sort of proper debate and discussion. Um, You can ask, you know, as a member of the public, you can ask your question and have one answer back. There's no to and fro. I notice in uh, in Lewis, since there's been a um, uh, a cooperative alliance there with uh, Greens, Lib Dem, and Independence and Labour, you know, one of the first things they did when they were sharing the leadership was they had a weekly Facebook Live session with the, with whoever was the leader. So Zoe um, Nicholson was was the Green leader for a year, and then now it's I've forgotten his name, the Lib Dem. They both do that, I think, either weekly or monthly, and so people can ask them questions direct. And I think that would be an excellent thing to be doing. In Hastings and I think full council meetings they're just a showpiece you know it, there's no opportunity they could be a useful forum um, even if you know you have to do some of the business at least every other one you know you could have okay let's make part of it a themed debate or discussion on local issues um, so that people feel they have a chance to have a bit of discussion I know it could you know they'll say oh it'll just it'll just become a let's beat the council um, but I I don't think it would have to be. I think you could have a, a serious adult conversation and it would be really valuable. And maybe the first couple were kind of beat the council events, but once the 
once the cycle had been set up and people understood what they were there for, it could be, you're right, I think it would be a very useful tool because at the moment, the Hastings Borough Council seems very reluctant and certainly its leadership seems very reluctant to come and meet the people and talk to them directly. Yes, it feels like I'm sure they have lots of discussions within the, within the Labour group and they probably consider that a valid, and I'm sure it is a valid place to have discussion. But, you know, that's only a certain section of, of the town that is active politically in the Labour group. There's a whole other chunk of people who don't get to be in that conversation. And so I think they're missing a trick also in terms of input, you know, from, from a lot of experienced people that are seen sometimes just as troublemakers, which I don't think they are. I think there's a lot of frustrated people who have useful, valuable opinions that don't get a chance to be heard. Down to some of the fundamentals, I mean, I, again, speaking to people recently, there's still um, the Harold Place toilets, for example, are still greatly missed. Uh, A couple of people said to me recently about the fact that there seem to be ever fewer bins in the town centre, which, of course, leads to, to littering. So basic facility, those basic facilities, which a district or borough council is, is there to provide, um, you know, good street cleaning, good waste disposal, public toilet, mm. things like that. Mm. Um, presumably that's all stuff that, that's somewhere on your agenda. Yes, I mean, I get letters too from um, people about the Harold Place toilets from Old Hastings residents because there's quite a lot of um, elderly um, people who like to know they can get to a toilet easily and especially since Debenhams is shut that was a sort of somewhere that was relied on so I hope whatever building they're saying there's they're looking again at selling that site um, where the toilets are that they'll make sure that part of the lease or however they deal with it will will be that there's a provision for a properly accessible and inclusive toilets in that in that building I think again there are some opportunities in the meantime for some imaginative solutions I, I believe it I think it's Richmond Council have um, have this scheme whereby shops can put a little sign in their window saying you're welcome to come and use mm-hmm. their toilets, which again is a sort of fairly, you know, people obviously would prefer just to be able to go in and use a public toilet, but in the interim, that would be something that could be perhaps promoted or encouraged. We do need to look at that provision. It is really important for people. And one thing that's coming through in a lot that you're seeing is you mentioned Richmond, you've mentioned Cornwall, you've mentioned a number of other councils. It's about looking at what other people are doing and how successfully they are doing it. So you're not afraid to look outside the confines of your own area. It's looking at what's working elsewhere and seeing how that can be adapted. Yeah, very much. I think we, I mean, everywhere should learn. And there's an association of green councillors which if I won, I'm sure I would join. Oh, well, I get, their, I get their mailings anyway, where people are always sharing good practice um, about what's going well in their area and also how, how they're managing to get things done, you know, with a minority group or just a few councillors or even one councillor. So there's, there's lots of knowledge out there to, um, to access and look for. What about some of you know, the, the fundamentals? I mean, we, we, we look at some parts of the town, um, Silver Hill, for example, at Mount Dean, there's, there's lots of congestion because of roadworks that are going on. You know, we've still got an awful lot of cars on the road. When does congestion, that's kicking out an awful lot of, of pollution. What about integrated public transport or some, you know, some more green public transport solutions? Are there ideas kicking about there? 
that's one of the key areas where being a two tier in a two tier council really doesn't work. Um, it's a big problem having to always rely on the county who um, have not had a strong focus, I don't think, on this. They might be changing. And so it gets used as a sort of um, football that gets batted back and forth between the councils. Well, we can't do anything about that because that's their job and we can't do anything about that. So there's never there hasn't been much vision locally, because I think you, regardless of whether, you know, East Sussex look after the highways, but if you don't have a local vision that you can fight for, then um, nothing much is going to change. And also this, this the problem comes again of the fact that a lot of that funding is centralised. But I do think we need to come up with a vision um, for Hastings. And I think that's one thing. The Greenways Trust, um, which I'm a, a trustee of, um, has been set up partly in frustration at the fact that there hasn't been funding coming forward for some of the routes like the Ore Valley Greenway, which has been on the plan, on the local plan since 2014. Well, and it's been around as an idea since the 90s, I think, before I even moved to Hastings. Um, and all that needs to be set within a context of a, of a really, as you say, an integrated transport policy and the Hastings Garden Town um, vision that's gone in as part of the town investment plan is very much integrated with looking at how certainly in the town centre we can look at making that a much more walking and cycling friendly place and that will involve working with the county we'll see how that pans out in terms of working practices as uh, if the, if we get the funding um, there's going to be a lot of learning I think for everybody involved and then obviously we need you know this is Hastings has one of the lowest car ownerships uh, certainly in East Sussex and probably in the country so we and the buses are very expensive some counties I think Nottingham managed to bring their bus service back in in-house before the legislation changed but at the moment I don't think counties are allowed to well I don't think East Sussex would be interested but are allowed to run their own bus service so you're reliant on on subsidies to private companies to get anywhere with it so it's a really it's a, it's a really tricky issue and especially given the fact everyone's gone back to their cars because of Covid I think it's going to be it's going to be a big issue for the whole country, how we how we go back to making sure we we get back in the habit of using trains and buses um, and not getting into cars. Covid has almost taken us back a few steps. We're just weaning ourselves off of plastic, whereas during the, the Covid oh, yeah, periods, there's been more plastic. You know, there will be that reluctance to use public transport, so more people will want to use their own cars. So, so that the Covid crisis has kind of almost from a green agenda, taking us back a couple of steps. In some areas, but I think in other areas, because for a year, really, um, the only thing people have been able to do is go for a walk. A lot more people have got in the habit of of walking. And, you know, we live in quite a small town. I know it's a hilly town, but I think if we can build on that and get and encourage people, most journeys that most people take are less than, I think it's two miles or even less than that, very easily walkable. So there's a lot of work that can be done to improve to just encourage people just not to get into their car for those short journeys. And by making the public realm a pleasanter place to be, you can encourage people to do that. That's what my work as a landscape architect, you know, is a, a lot of it's about that. It's just about making the public realm a better place. And I think we've got a lot we could be doing with the Hastings Town Centre public realm indeed, uh, to make it a pleasanter place to be. One thing that struck me when I was, when I was looking at the Liberal Democrat manifesto is that they seem to be trying to steal your clothes. Um, <laughs> lots, of, lots of stuff in the Liberal Democrat Manifesto about green issues um, and about um, protecting the environment and things like that. So, yeah, it, it did strike me that they're trying to snatch your, your clothes a little bit. Well, they say it's one of the forms of flattery, don't they? So um, lots of Labour's, Labour's uh, 
taken up lots of green policies. I think it's been a green thing that we come up with stuff that people go, oh, you can't do that. That's completely bonkers. And then a few years time, everyone's saying, oh, yeah, this is a really good idea. We're fairly, um, fairly relaxed about that. You know, it's good. We need to get more of that stuff into the mainstream. So it's not like something you want to be hanging on to. Um, if we're going to make the changes that we desperately need to make, we need everyone on board. So whatever aspect people take, you know, Greens are very good at working across party divides um, to get where we need to go. So I think um, I'm very happy that the Lib Dems have taken are adopting some green policies. I hope um, I hope the Tories will too. We need them too as they're uh, running the government. You are standing candidates in every ward in the borough and in every county ward. I mean, on May the 7th, what would be a good result for the Greens both in Hastings itself and that, on that wider context across the, the county? Um, well, across the county, I think there's a, there's a hope, um, not just from the Greens, but from other um, uh, progressive parties, that the county will not be in um, Conservative control over after May the 6th, that would be a great result and that perhaps we could follow the lead of Rother and Lewis and be running cooperative alliances. Um, that would be a really good result. Locally, I think realistically, getting getting me elected as the first Green is probably, you know, the best thing. And what I'd like to see is building on our results in 2018, where we were very clearly the third party in Hastings. Um, we had... Um, uh, a good 10 or 11% of the vote overall. I'd really like to see that going up. So that in, because I think, yeah, we have elections following yeah, year yeah, too. Yes, yes. Um, so that we can then say, look, we've got one. How about some more? And yeah. that we get people coming forward who are serious about campaigning as Greens. They see that we're a serious party if we get someone elected. And that we show that we're um, definitely the, the third force in, in Hastings. That would be suppose going back to that point that Caroline Wiggis made, 2018 it's about starting the momentum and once momentum starts keeping it going yeah I mean it's always tricky you know because we have this first past the post system if we had if we'd had if we had locally PR which I know they're bringing in I think in Wales um we'd have two or three green councillors already on the percentage of the vote and so um you know it is an uphill struggle when you're a small party um but uh, yeah I hope people will see that yeah we are serious and we're campaigning seriously Juliet, thanks for giving me your time. Thanks, Stuart, and thanks for doing this. I think it's good for people to get a chance to hear from all the parties.